Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of the I'll Try That podcast. Right, this week we have been noodling on can cheap craft beer be good? This is the question that's horribly phrased and a terrible sentence, but that is the question that we have been noodling over here at the I'll Try, Try That podcast for a while now. And so what we have done, what we're proposing, this is the first in quite a few, I think, uh, different episodes like in this format, where we are going to go to a discount supermarket or discount place, and we're going to buy different beers. We probably don't all have the same beers, but we're going to try and find the, uh, you know, the best tasting beers with the bang for your buck. So this week, we are doing a spotlight. All of us, Drabbers, Barbara and I, have bought different beers from the same shop, and that shop is Lidl. For those in the UK are probably very familiar with Lidl. Uh, it has made its way to the US. It's obviously come from the land of Germany, uh, so Europe might be pretty familiar. But for any of our listeners, because we do have quite a few listeners actually in Australia, so hi, hi there down under folk. Um, Lidl is one of the original discount supermarkets that have made its way into the UK. And it's uh, well known for its uh, bright blue and yellow colours. I suppose is right. Is what I'd probably say. But Baba, what else is Little known for? Um, kind of famously, the Middle Isle, which is I don't know the best way to describe it. To describe it, really, is it? Um, it's Narnia within a supermarket. Little is is famed <laughs> for. You will go in to buy your bananas, your breakfast cereals, your bread. At, at excellent competitive prizes, um, and then you you cross over into the netherworld of the Middle Isle, and you end up leaving. When you intended to go in with eggs, you come out with uh, a lawnmower, a dartboard, and a poison <laughs> calendar. Um, for, for for some, you, that's a that's an absolute result, especially when you've got all of them for for thirty eight p. Um, but it's an adventure. I think that's the best way to describe it. I think Lidl is possibly my favourite supermarket in the whole of the UK sort of thing. You can go in there and get absolutely anything and everything and pay about a fiver. I just think it's wonderful. Yeah. The one thing about Lidl that twists my melon is it's the only supermarket, I think, in the universe that has the labels for what you're looking at above the thing you're looking at. <laughs> so I've been looking at, at what is definitely eggs and there's a big sign that says yoghurt. And it's because I'm looking at the wrong shelf and the labels are the other way around. But if anyone knows of another, <laughs> another of those uh, that for me to go and recalibrate my shopping experience in, please, please do uh, let us know. I think what I like about Lidl so much is when you go in there, because you, you don't see any of the name brands that you're probably familiar with, that it feels like you're on holiday. Yeah, you know, you just yeah, feel definitely. like you're walking around and you're just like looking at labels going, I've got no idea if that's good, if that's bad, like what even that is. Like it doesn't even say, like you can, you can get, you know, eggs, eggs, you know, milk is milk. But, you know, when we're talking about brands, you know, we are as, as consumers, we know brands, you know, a, a wide range of brands we're pretty familiar with, whether we buy them or not. Where Lidl just throws, throws caution to the wind and they don't have any of the brands. So you can't go in there and go and buy Marmite you know, here in the UK, you know, you can't go in there and go and buy Twinkies if you're in the US, you know, it's all random. And, uh, you know, where that kind of comes from is that Lidl is known as a, as a house of brands. So basically what Lidl does is that they basically bring in each product is owned or some, has some sort of relationship of with Lidl. So they basically create 
all these different individual products and, and, you know, things that they'll put out there and they'll make it look something different. So if you go in there and buy, you know, milk, that will be milk from a supplier, but it will be Lidl who owns the brand, that specific brand in Lidl's. A, a little bit, a little bit maybe like you've walked into a supermarket in a movie where they haven't got all the copyright yeah. um, stuff in place for the real products. Um, and I've heard that it's so exotic that when Joe goes in there, if he even talks to the staff, he really slows down and raises his voice. <laughs> Hello, can you tell me where the mayonnaise is? And they say, yes, yeah, it's, it's that aisle. Next next one over. Thank you. So I really enjoy the fact that I was in there buying, I was buying, as I do, I, um, I, wa- I wanted some chocolate spread, some, some Nutella, and their off-brand one is called, um, was it, was it, nut- it was Nutler? You can get your Nutler instead of your nut- Nutella. <laughs> Nutler, I like that. Well, that nicely segues us in, Drabs. Well done. On to the different type of beers that we have. Um, so the first, I've got two beers here. I've got a few beers here, but I've got two that I'm going to pull out first. And they seem to be from the same company. It's called Hatherwood Craft Beer Company. Now, before I go into this, I must tell you guys of what I paid for my purchasing of these beers. Not just these two beers, but I bought probably about eight beers and I probably spent about five pounds for those eight beers all not not like as part of a six pack sort of a promotional deal different random selection of beers solos that is an extraordinarily cheap amount of money for this amount of beer I did I didn't pay over I paid under two pounds for every single one of my beers that I'm drinking today which is in comparison for other beers I've spent I spent seven pounds a can on some beers for this podcast yeah, so there's value there, definitely. So have either of you guys got any Hatherwood Craft Beer Company beers? I, I too have two Hatherwood uh, Craft Beer Companies. Um, the, my eye was drawn to them immediately. Very funky, somewhat reminiscent of, of, other, uh, of other craft beers that are out there, um, but uh, obviously with a subtle twist. Um, I, are we at the stage of telling each other what we've got so far? Yeah, yeah so I've got a very sexy-looking plunged orange pale ale cheeky six percent i was immediately drawn into this one yeah eye-catching i was gonna say i did have that one but i drank it in the bath earlier prior to prior to recording uh i just i just wanted to get my head in the game (laughs) (laughs) to be fair though you know this is a um the design is like a scuba diver an old school scuba diver helmet under sea so actually you probably should be drinking this in the bath so i think you've done it justice perhaps well that is what i wear when i get into the bath is an old school scuba diving outfit. Little, little yellow rubber ducky as well. Yeah, 100%. And then I just wrestle with an octopus. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's more like to be a spear gun or some sort, isn't it? That's an old school scuba diving like stereotype. I do. I, I, I have just recently started spear gun fishing. Have you got anything good? No, I haven't shot a single thing. Their fish are really fast. <laughs> Okay, well, I'd, uh, I think I'd take after, I, I think, was it Chandler Bing from Friends who, who goes for a battleship to butch up? But uh, um, a, a, a beer will have to do. I kind of worried that you might be biased towards thinking that beer is an especially good one, though, Drabbers, because drinking it in a bath is a wonderful experience. I should tell you, though, that's, that's not the beer I'm drinking at the moment. I am on a uh, steam brew session IPA. Um, a, again, wow, why do I start with, with that? It looks like, um, what was the video game that was also, uh, under, under, set underwater and there was, um, Bioshock. Yeah, it looks like something you would drink, uh, for, you'd drink it if you're in Bioshock. Also, session IPA, uh, cheekily at, at 4.9, uh, 
percent. So um, it's uh, it, it, you shouldn't make it too big a session on there, but um, it's very rounded and and is going down quite smooth. I'd say I am intrigued by this design. And, you know, as you said, it's kind of quite steampunk-esque. It's quite you know, dystopian, kind of, you know, weird, but also like a hark to the past, kind of at the same time design, you know. Uh, but I've, I've looked around to the back, and this has won awards at the German Design Award Special 2020 and the German Brand Award 20 Special. So methinks this might be a, a beer that comes from a German brewery. Yeah. <laughs> it's um well so i there's also uh <laughs> yeah you, uh, drams knows full well how well i speak german uh qr code if you want to go and explore a little little bit more about it uh, i tend to just uh pull the pull the ring from the the top though but uh yeah um sort of quite distinctive silver with a bit of gold and a kind of turquoisey blue um which i mean i would have always thought that the things to catch the eye of sort of bright primary colors and, and and red i would have thought it would blend in a little bit but um it's uh it's it's a very striking design as you say no no wonder it's won awards travis have you tasted this one yeah i'm currently drinking it at the moment um this one i've actually brought a few times um because conveniently for me right right where i work next door is a little so i've brought I've, I've brought this a few times already and i'm actually a real big fan because i do like pe- parallels are definitely my jam and for something that costs i think it's like one pound 75 is really really tasty and really really good I, i'm a big fan but i don't know about you yeah i think it's hard to justify seven pounds uh when this is the sort of thing that's available for for that sort of price um i find it a little bit more drinkable because not not overly fizzy and as i said quite um quite uh rounded on on the tongue if that's not too uh, connoisseur thing to say <laughs> so my head went to a very childish joke and, and i decided not to say it <laughs> yeah no i had I, I tried mine i did i did sample this uh this steam brew session ipa before the before we we jumped on here and yeah i mean it's it's got a nice you know for one as you said for the price point that it's offering it's a very very good drink it's not like you're going to be you know you're not going to be looking at it and, and, and tasting it and going oh you know no i would have expected more like this more than delivers on the price point that you're going to get it's in a really interesting design you know it's what you expect from a craft beer uh, a craft looking beer i suppose that it's going to be something a bit different and it definitely delivers on that um you know this is this is definitely in the ipa category and actually it does it justice in the you know as a, as a, a feeling of a new beer in the ipa category this isn't like an old school pale ale or ipa this is definitely a kind of a, a fizzy crafty ipa so you know hats off to this uh, whoever makes this steam brew uh, someone in germany because there's no real information on who actually makes this beer it's sold at little i have a sneaking suspicion that most things that are sold at little are actually in some way owned by little uh so this might be that all the beers we're having right now are little owned but you know we, we, that's hard to tell on, on this specific beer because it doesn't say who makes it. It doesn't say, uh, what, what the address is of, of the brewery or anything like that. It just gives a lot of information, um, about the ingredients in a load of different, con- um, languages, which obviously means it exports a lot of its beer. Yeah. I was looking on, on here for a little more detail on, on the actual, um, hops and malts that, that were used. Um, I can't quite see it, so I'm, I'm just trying to find out for myself, uh, at the moment. But, um, I, I, I want to say that I'm, I'm guessing there's no citra hop in here, which to me is, is pretty, pretty regular appearing one. It hasn't quite got that sort of zesty vibe that we see with a lot of IPAs that, uh, that you guys also have probably encountered on, on a podcast in, in, in the past. It, it's, um, yeah, d- don't expect too much of the juicy 
and and um, zesty sort of sharpness. It's, it's a little bit more. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of another hop that that would account for it there, but it's it, it does. I would say it varies a little bit from some of those. Um, other trendy and readily available IPAs we've seen elsewhere. Well, now you said Citra Hop. What I didn't get from this is a very dry mouth. And and that's what I tend to get with quite a lot of the IPAs that are driven by Citra Hops is that kind of like very, you know, you get this, you get the kind of the, the hoppiness, but it also like it dries your mouth out. And I didn't get that at all with this Steam Brew um, Session IPA. So I think that's that's a big win if you're looking for a quite, as it says on the tin, a sessionable yeah, 100%. Indeed, yeah. I'm, I'm convinced it's now going to come out and say nothing but citra hops, and I've got it completely <laughs> wrong. But <laughs> I, I, now you're talking about hops. Well, I, I want to draw your attention to the Hatherwood Craft Beer Company. Uh, the, I know we talked about it very briefly about the Plunge Orange Pale Ale, but I have been tucking into this one. Now, this is uh, you know a pale ale through and through, but it's an orange pale ale. So they've used orange zest uh, you know, to make an orange-flavoured pale ale. So, you know, it's something a little bit different, something you're kind of expecting from a craft brewer, right? You know, pushing the boundaries of these traditional uh, formats like pale ale. And, you know, they, they're very clearly on this side of saying there's a, you know, there's, they're saying the hops here are a Rakao, an Admiral, a First Gold, a Mandarina and a Bavaria. Now, I'm guessing the Mandarina is where you're getting the kind of the the, the orange primarily. This guy knows his orange types. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And they said that you should pair this Food pairing for this is a hoisin duck pancakes. Okay, oh, interesting. Nice one. You sowed that seed. That, I, I need hoisin duck pancakes right yeah. now. <laughs> Just now that you've said that. Um, and because I've got the beer, obviously. So not a nice warm bath like I did mine. Travis, give us your first picture of that. Um, but while he's doing that, um, Barbara, tuck into it because I want to get your, your see if you're tasting the same that I'm tasting. I'll give it a try right now. Oh, I, f- I foamed quite a lot of that. <laughs> Beg your pardon. Uh, I I think um, I've seen orange appearing in lots of places these days. Is, is, is orange a, a trendy flavour? I keep seeing it in a lot of chocolate that you'll see in, in a lot of uh, UK supermarkets at the moment. Twirl with orange. Um, uh, <laughs> I've got one example, but I'm telling you it's everywhere. Terry's chocolate orange? There you go. That's the original orange. Beer. I mean, obviously, we talked about um, beers that go very well with orange in uh, Blue Moon. Obviously, that is meant to be paired with orange. But actually, orange as a beer flavour isn't something I've come across too often, actually. We, we reviewed Naranito with uh, the, the Brooklyn Brewery. I remember thinking, I wasn't really getting it. Whereas this, there really is oranges in it. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking when I started to drink it. This, it, You genuinely can taste the orange coming through. And it does it justice to the name. This is the most orange-tasting pale ale I've ever had. Orange-tasting beer I've ever had. Um, yeah, it really is. I mean, they say it's punchy and refreshing with tangy orange sharpness. I mean, it's just, it's a very orangey drink. And, you know, as someone who's a big fan of, <laughs> of, of Fanta, uh, you know, Tango, those kind of like drinks, it's, it's just making me feel like I'm drinking one of those soft drinks. It's fantastic. It's, it's definitely got, um, it, uh, tang is the best word because ultimately it's still beer. So it's not, overarchingly sweets. It's not going to be one that wins over the, the, the cider drinkers out there, but it's really tangy. Oh, I would challenge that. I think it's it's sweeter. Like it, it, basically, you're not not many bitter drinkers or kind of people That's who like their traditional beers yeah. aren't going to enjoy this. But if you're a, if you're a cider or you like you've got a bit of a sweet tooth, I think you should try this uh, um, Hartherwood Craft Beer Company Plunged Orange Pale Ale because I think you'll be pleasantly surprised because it actually I'm all I'm getting right now is the orange coming through and the sweetness that's coming off this. This is an incredibly 
mellow, but like ale, but it's got that sweetness to it. That's a better way to put it. I think I'm I'm, I'm uh, remiss for having extremist beer versus cider uh, views there. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stray us away from what was what was it called again? The beer again? I can't remember. We just we just talked about it. Plunged orange pale ale. So I'm going to take us away from Plunged Orange to a bit a beer that I, I've acquired, which I'm not too sure if you boys managed to get at your little, but it is another flavoured beer that um but it's possibly not a flavour you would consider putting with beer. I'm gonna say ever. I'm excited to hear this one. Candy floss. No, not candy floss. Oh no, I could I could see some sort of like chocolatey porter that's quite candy flossy. I could see that. If I'm honest, a mint beer would be gross. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It, it, it's not. It's not a mint beer. I would love mint. Yeah, mint chocolate chip ice cream is the best. Yeah, but I didn't say chocolate, did I? I like an aero beer. I can get on with that. But I'm thinking, you know, like an, a like a a hoppy minty, <laughs> like a mojito beer. No, not even like mojito because mojito you get the rum, you get these kind of nice smooth flavors. I'm just thinking like pure mint hit. What about mustard? Oh yeah, that would be horrendous. Oh no, that would that, that that wouldn't be good. All right, eggs. What did you say? Did you say eggs. I'm gonna start putting eggs in my beers. And see, see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it's like a cocktail, and you just have a little yolk floating. <laughs> I know a couple of yolks. Oh dear. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you now. So I've got from Boss Brewing. Have you guys ever heard of Boss Brewing before? Boss, is it made of executives? <laughs> no, it's made of three-piece suits. <laughs> Poor financial decisions. I've got from Boss Brewing, it's called Bubble Trouble, and it's the Bubblegum Pale Ale. Ooh. Bubblegum. Oh, so you're actually quite close there, Barbara, with your candy floss thing. I, but yeah, bubblegum. It, wasn't, it wasn't miles away. Bubblegum Pale Ale. A Bubblegum Pale Ale. How does that work, then? <laughs> I, so I'm not 100% sure, but I, I got this from the Portland, the Portland Lidl, and um, so smelling it, it smells like hubba bubba, genuinely <laughs> like bubblegum. Like it is, it is mad how much it smells like it, and it tastes like bubblegum, which is, I find pretty impressive. I'm glad that it's just followed through with what it claims on the, the flavour on the tin. I'm really pleased it's following through with this on both the nose and the taste. No, it tastes awful. Like, I'm not a fan of bubblegum at the best of time, but then bubblegum in a pale ale doesn't work. It, it's, not, it's not a good idea. Whoever went, if somebody, always I can imagine, the way this was created, somebody was chewing hubba bubba bubblegum or some form of bubblegum, and then they started to drink a pale ale and went, yes, everyone's going to love this. No, they were wrong. And Boss Brewing, you've got it wrong. You don't need bubblegum in a beer. <laughs> Period. It's funny that you say, because you, you usually kind of implored and you kind of, you kind of, um, you know, clap your hands and, and, and encourage craft brewers to do diff- something different, something that hasn't been done before. But are you saying that you draw the line, Drabbers, at a bubblegum pale ale? I, I draw the line at a bubblegum pale ale. You know, I, I raved and was excited about the cream egg pale ale sort of thing. I was even there for the roast dinner beer that we looked from Art Bess's and the jam roly-poly. All of these things that work, I consider working. I saw that, um, was it Brewdog have just got some dark chocolatey stout like with marshmallows and schmores. I'm on board with that. I'm not on board with bubblegum in my beer. There's just no need. One, you're meant to chew bubblegum, not drink it. 
I'm just not happy. Bridge too far. You're you're upset, Travers, and I'm sorry to see you this way. But were you is are you particularly upset because you you did feel it was going to be a winner? Yes, I was genuinely excited for the bubblegum beer, and I was like, you know what? I'm expecting. It tastes like a panda pop. It's like a WKD sort of thing. It's not an ale. It's not a pale ale. It's a soft drink. It's an alcoholic soft drink. It's a WKD. It's one of those blue bottles that you buy for £1.50 when you're on the dance floor. And you just and it's full of sugar. And it, What sort of percentage are we talking? It's 4.5. 4.5, okay. Sounds like a gateway for <laughs> pre-18 pre, uh, uh, drinkers to, to get them in on. So uh, not sure that we approve of that anyway. But uh. Drabbers. You've been talking about the bubblegummy flavour and, you know, the other brewery that springs to mind thinking about interesting or different flavours that seem quite sugary. It's obviously Tiny Rebel that we've done quite extensively. What would you compare this bubblegum IP, you know, pale ale, whatever, from Lidl, in comparison to on the the, the, the Tiny Rebel kind of like spectrum of, of sugariness? So I remember drinking the Club Tropical, was it? The Club Tropical one? And bearing in mind, when... I, I will hold my hands up. When we were recording Tiny Rebel, I had four Tiny Rebels on the go at one point, sort of thing, because I was trying to try them all whilst recording, sort of thing. And it, it was <laughs> it was a bold move on my part. And <laughs> possibly might have been slurring my words. I don't know. <laughs> Can't remember. Which one was your favourite? There was a point in the recording session where I think I just gave up. But... <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think I think I remember that session just because at, at that exact point when you gave up because you stopped like looking at the screen, and you started like wandering around <laughs> your eyes around the room. But there was a lot, of, a lot of "I love you" edited out of that episode. <laughs> You're great. I just uh, best podcast ever. All right, I'm going to open up a new, another one. Have you got another one on the go, Drabs, or you got something else to say on that one? Got one more that we can do once you guys have talked. Well, I've actually got two more to do. Um, because well, I've only I've got I've three. Really if we really one. want to go there, <laughs> yeah. Well, my next one, while I, and I'll probably do this one on the on the side while I'm doing another review. So I'm actually I'm picking up. We know we've been trialing out. We've been trialing out non-alcoholic beers since the since January, and obviously the non-alcoholic trend has gone absolutely exploded. Every single brewer that you can think of has done one now. So I was interested and intrigued when I saw that Little have their own offerings of non-alcoholic oh, okay. beers. So I have. A premium vice beer, Patronus, alcohol fry. Are you casting a spell from Harry Potter? <laughs> it does sound like that, <laughs> doesn't it? Already thinking this is a this is a, a vice beer, a wheat beer. My my brain goes back to oh, what's the last uh, non-alcoholic white beer or wheat beer I've ever had? Oh, it's going to be Erdinger. So I'm expecting this to have an Erdinger style to it, and we actually quite enjoyed that Erdinger, didn't we? That non-alcoholic Erdinger. Everyone I speak to rates Erdinger highly, so uh, the pressure is on for this one. I mean, this one doesn't claim it's a sports drink. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Are you going to go and run a marathon afterwards, Joe? Yeah, yeah I feel like I should. Well, let me get this bottle opener while you guys, are, guys talk amongst yourselves about the idea of a little non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. What were you, what, what were you knowing about earlier? I was going, oh, oh no, because it, I, I thought the Patronus thing is specifically named after Harry Potter, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself out there. I'm, I'm, I'm vulnerable here. I don't like Harry Potter. How can you not like Harry Potter? It's a magical adventure of a boy finding his way in the wizarding world. 
Barbara, you're the newest member of the I'll Try That crew and you've actually been on your probation period and I think that means that you've we failed your probation period <laughs> okay. by not liking Harry Potter. Right. Um, do you know what? I'm, I'm not prepared to compromise my principles. Harry Potter... I, I, I won't say anything about the books. I won't say anything about the books. I remember I read the books. I think I got up to Goblet of Fire when I was of an appropriate age and enjoyed that. But then I stopped... What's an inappropriate age for Goblet of Fire? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Goblet of Fire, the X-rated version. It's not version. R-rated. <laughs> it's no, <laughs> it, it, they are ultimately aimed at children. Let's not forget that. I think I... No, that is the, that is the magic of, of, uh, how of her writing. How appropriate the wizards and the magic. No, so books, fine. Films are absolute dog muck, if you ask me. <laughs> They just wish that... Uh, so I, I shouldn't go into this in too much detail. How have we got onto, onto Harry Potter? Are we talking about beer? Like, why, why are we on Harry Potter? <laughs> Hopefully you're going to bring us back to some level of sanity. But I thought that the Patronus bit, I thought I'd heard about it um, only this week and that it was particularly named for Harry Potter for, for some reason. But uh, I, I could be completely barking up the wrong tree. Anyway, but Patronus, uh, yeah, it's about... It's got like a... looks like a kind of a Belgian or German monk on the front, so I don't think it's got anything to do with, with Harry Potter. I can reassure you of that, Barbs. Well, uh, maybe that was just our, as he got older. We, we might all just cut all of that last bit out if I'm quite honest and just go straight into it. <laughs> now, did you know apparently the Dursleys were just called the Dursleys because that's where J.K. Rowling, or Rowling, used to live. And well, she was from this. She's from my neck of the woods, and she found people from Dursley completely revolting in every way. So... <laughs> I'm sorry, people of, of Dursley. I don't think this, but she did. Um, so that's why that's why the Dursleys got their name. Is she didn't like them very much. Those people from Dursley. So we'll call them the Dursleys. Bet you didn't know that. We might have to start off a, a next a new podcast all about the, the trivia of Harry Potter. Film trivia with a guy who hates the films. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's finish on Harry Potter. This alcohol fry beer it smells like you expect from a wheat beer alcohol free it's quite sweet to the nose it's uh, a little bit vacuous because obviously it doesn't have any alcohol it's gone through the process of removing all the alcohol from it to taste it tastes sweet as well i'm actually really quite enjoying this as a as a, as a drink maybe because i've just had a very sweet orange pale ale just before this one it's palatable. It's not like it's a revolting, it's not like a Doom Bar non-alcoholic or the old speckled hen non-alcoholic, which quite frankly, when we, we discussed this at length, very disappointed those breweries brought out a non-alcoholic that tastes exactly like that because it was horrendous. Whereas this wheat beer, non-alcoholic, is very palatable. I brought two Boss Brewing beers from, uh, from, from Lidl. So the first one was Bubble Trouble, but I wanted to give them, I've decided, I, w- I, w- I wasn't going to try this other one at the start of the podcast, but after trying Bubble Trouble, I wanted to give Boss Brewing another chance, because <clears throat> I went in hard on Bubble Trouble, and we can probably, if, if you couldn't tell, I wasn't a fan. I wanted to give them another go, so I've got another one of their beers called Kingpin Rising. Well, tell us about it. I'm interested by that. Yes, the Kingpin Rising is is then um, it's a session IPA. Um, it's it's a beer to a beer to the first for hashtag like a boss. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to feel pretty good drinking this. 
Um, but it seems that they've gone down kind of like the underworld route on the can. So it looks like it has a kingpin, like a mafia boss sitting on the front sort of thing. Once again, it feels like an energy drink. Like the can and the design. It looks like, I mean, you've just held it up to the camera for, for Barbara and I to, to look at. It, and yes, it definitely looks quite energy drink-esque. I'm, I apologise that all of my references are about films, but that um, Sin City, you've seen the, the, the film, that, that looks very reminiscent of that. Well, that was very Kingpin, like boss-esque, wasn't it? Mafia, right, in that sense. So maybe they've taken inspiration from Sin City for this. Pulled it out. I've got it here. And I'm, I'm going to try, see if Boss Brewing can redeem itself um, from its bubble trouble. I'm keen to know if you uh, feel like a rising Kingpin <laughs> as a result of drinking it. <laughs> you look like one in that shirt. I love it. <laughs> it's, uh, it do, I do look like Tony Montana from Scarface. The thing, you know, sitting in the big chair and drinking Kingpin, which Tony Montana was a Kingpin in the out there. Um, so I've just tried it. Um, it's better. It's fine. I'm not going to buy it again, ever. And I'm not going to recommend it to the listeners or to you boys to try. S- so it sounds like you're not this boss brewing has not really hit it for you this uh from these little now can you look on the can is it, does boss brewing have a, an address of where they're from are they based anywhere are they you know were they here in you know in the local areas for, for us or boss brewing is from swansea perhaps yeah boss brewing company limited neath road lodore swansea this this is a four point four, so kind of like a standard session session IPA. Um, it's just not, it's just not wowing me. It's not it's not amazing sort of thing. Um, but the artwork, I've got to give the artwork and the design on the cans is fantastic. I think that's really really good. So this got it's got something going for it. Not not so much a kingpin. Maybe you're like a you know a, a prince king or something. That doesn't even make any sense. What's the another way? A prince yeah. king. What's a prince king, Joe? No, no. But also, you're going to keep that in. It raises a good question. What is the level below a kingpin? It'd be a prince pin. (laughs) That's the joke you were trying to make. (laughs) That's the joke I was trying to make. You actually nailed it. That's where I was trying to go and I got it messed up. (laughs) Or a queen pin. My my point was more that if you marry a queen pin, you don't become a king pin, you just become a prince pin. <laughs> that should be abundantly clear. <laughs> we'll have to edit this bit out as well, won't we? I just don't think this is how work, rankings in the mafia works. If anyone does know, please tell us. Just a Knott's American IPA. Trendy, red and blue, classic combo can. Um... Uh, it, it tells me it's got a grapefruit aroma with uh, z- 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 zesty citrus fruits. Um, it's a bit of a... Uh, I think it's quite hard to capture that because I've moved on from the uh, the, the plunged orange. But, um, yeah, I think I think um, uh, pretty much what we um, set out at the start uh, to, to try and... Um, try and ascertain here 
is whether um, a, a, a decent uh, craft beer can, can be quite quite cheap. So I, I think it definitely does that. Um, hard for it to stand out, I think, these days. With, with um, we, We've got plenty of craft beers knocking about, and particularly um, pale ales and American pale ales. Um, however, um, I, the, the lower the lower price does not, to me, denote a huge step down in, in, in the quality. As we said, it's not the crazy uh, four and five pounds a, a can um, that, that we've seen elsewhere. Um, I would reiterate that point. It's hard for it to, to stand out, but um, it, it definitely does the job and, and um, can, can stand up for the, for the amount I think you'd be paying for it. Now, given that you've had two of these beers, which are from this Hatherwood Craft Beer Company, the orange one that we had before that was very orangey. What do, do you get? The grapefruit does it have the same level of like grapefruit flavour as the orange one did? Not as intensely for me. It's not as intensely grapefruity as as the orange was. Um, uh, as the orange was orangey, uh, for want of a better phrase. Um, you you really were taken there. Um, to to uh, I always think when you're having an orange, you always get quite a strong um, smell of an orange when you first peel it. Um, the, <laughs> without being too obvious, yeah, um, you got that. The, the, What's that word I'm looking for? Orange. Yeah, the, the the grapefruit is in there. The grapefruit is in there. I'm sure. Um, take me seriously. <laughs> the grapefruit is in there, but but it's not as bold as 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 the orange. Uh, it sits in there more more subtly. What I'm interested by these guys, because Hatherwood, this, you know, the orange one that you've had, that we've both had, and the, the red, the twisted knots one. Now, the address on the back of the can, which usually tells you, you know, where the brewery's located. You know, Travis found that out, that the, that, that brewery, the, the boss brewery's from, from Swansea. Barbara, where's this brewery located? Little UK GmbH and Little Great Britain Limited, both of 19 Warple Road, Wimbledon, London. SW194JS. Close to home, then, Which in that is case. very bold that Lidl are telling you Lidl make this beer. So this Hatherwood craft beer, beer company doesn't exist. It only exists in Lidl. It's a Lidl-owned company that sell their beer exclusively to Lidl. It's just like the reason, exactly, that, that, this is again what I, talk, what I was telling you about before, about the house of brands that is Lidl. This Hatherwood Craft Beer Company doesn't exist. That might be like some sort of legal name, maybe, but the only way, reason this beer, this beer company exists is to sell beer through Lidl, and Lidl owns it. So that's why they've got the... Basically, it's the co- the company address. That's not that's probably like an HQ where you've got a load of people in suits who uh, you know you've got the address on there. That's probably not where the beer is made at all. It's probably a load of suits. We take that as Hatherwood Craft Beer Company are not a legal entity. Those are just words upon a can. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Hatherwood Craft Beer Company. So then, put it this way: How do you feel now, knowing that a company, a supermarket that you want to bought it, uh, these beers from, have felt they needed to create a fake company to sell you a beer maybe it's the level of apathy that comes with uh, 18 months of, of lockdown <laughs> sort of go, well they have to make their money don't they i'm sure they had good reasons <laughs> some i don't think little are struggling you know, I, I just don't think Lidl. I just don't think Lidl is struggling at any point to to make money. Every time I go in, well, they're saving money on not having people at the tills, are they? Because there's only ever one person on. Oh man, Lidl. don't even so get me started. I was in Lidl earlier. 
Anyway, I was in Lidl earlier. They've got five checkouts. There was one person on it. One person. And there was a queue going up the alcohol aisle of about seven people. What's the point in having five things we can go up and down, but only one per person working? And they fire the food through. It's just annoying. Oh, yeah. So I went through a self-checkout. I went through a self-checkout. We're going to have to throw this back to the start when we were talking about Hang Lidl. On. The one Lidl has Lidl. self-checkout now. My one does. Uh, my one, oh, yeah, the, the one, the one here does. Although, I, to be honest, as much as I agree with Drabbers, and I'd love to put in there the go, oh, they don't put any blooming staff in there. It's a nightmare trying to shop. There was one girl doing the actual normal checkouts, you know, with the conveyor belt scanning things through. Um, there were like seven self-checkouts. And I think it's actually possibly just uh, more of a criticism of the British public. Three of them had alcohol and they had the little red light come on. Uh, so it means you need a member of staff to uh, to come and uh, approve it for it to go through. And they all just stood there with their hands on their hips. <laughs> and it was only when I became the fourth in the queue and went, shall I go and get someone? <laughs> and then they went... Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> Went off and found someone. Sorry, loads of us are waiting to pay for some beer. Do you mind? And then they were very helpful and very obliging. Um, so I, That does sound like a little experience. You wouldn't get that at a Waitrose, let's put it that way. There'll be people, do you need help? Can I help you? Is that okay? You don't need to go find someone. But I, I go back to the point that I, was, I guess I was trying to make about Hatherwood Craft Beer Company, um, which you guys nicely went off on a tangent about how little <laughs> doesn't really is <laughs> got bad service. So what you guys, this is a budget supermarket. It's not gonna be great service. I'm just gonna put that out there. You get what you pay for. But I think the point remains is what would you feel? Let me rephrase the question. What would you feel if this was a little twisted knots American IPA? Oh, I'd be even more into it because I love little. I would like to think that I would not be my opinion would not change. Um, I would sort of think that I was in Lidl knowing that I was in Lidl buying a Lidl beer and that the name on the label is, is what I'd, I'd signed up for. Um, and maybe they could have put it in with their, their middle aisle where there's hair dryers and, and uh, paint stripper and that sort of stuff. <laughs> and I'd go, oh, there's also beer here. I would just like to throw it out there. I do genuinely love Lidl and do all my shopping there. I just want to get that on record. Lidl is in a fantastic place. I think to summarise, I think what we're, what we're all agreeing is that you can, at Lidl, find good beer at, cheap, at affordable cheap prices, let's say. You know, I think you can find a whole mixture. You've got to maybe wade through a couple. So, you know, definitely I would say don't buy like, you know, a 64 pack of or like loads of different cases of the same beer. Definitely try a few different ones. Find what you'll net you'll you enjoy and then you can go from there. It seems clear that they've got a they've got a, a, a range of options there. So yeah, as you say, Joe, absolutely. Find the one that works for you and 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 then roll with it. I mean I'm just amazed the fact that they have an actually very palatable alcohol free white uh, wheat wheat beer, given it's so new on the market, actually is a concept. So, cheers. Cheers. Bottoms up. That was that's a real innings. And that's all we have time for from this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, and Simo, goodbye. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. Always drink responsibly. And if you or anyone else needs some help, go to drinkaware.co.uk for more information. Thank you.